0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Super Syntex Friday Night Lights Waco Trip podcast with Bryce Cherry and Chad Conan. I, I kind of feel like that. Have uh, you ever watched the Big Bang Theory, Bryce? Uh, occasionally. On that show, Sheldon Cooper has uh, Sheldon Cooper's Fun with Flags, in which he talks about different flags from different countries, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I kind of feel like that sometimes when I'm introducing the podcast, <laughs> like a,
1: does fun I, with, fun with flags have any listeners
0: well that's that's kind of the joke on the show is that it doesn't really have any viewers it's like it's like a like a video it's like a YouTube thing or whatever
1: and we Maybe. may be sitting here talking to ourselves
0: anyway so who knows I mean I, I've had a little bit of feedback on the podcast so <laughs> oh I have you, to I have to yeah.
1: So we thank y'all for listening. Let's let's get into it.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, my first question this week, and I'll not preface this with anything, uh, just so you can figure out where I'm going with it. We'll get there in a minute. But does a game need to have meaningful context to you for it to be a great game?
1: No, you can have a great game between two terrible teams. Uh, I mean. I feel like context helps Um, if there's something to play for that certainly um, adds more significance to the matchup and, and certainly probably um, leads to more fans in the stands. It uh, typically means better teams are playing. So the quality of play may be better, but, can two bad teams produce a great game? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's possible.
0: Yeah, uh I don't necessarily agree with you, okay? Um but as long as guys are competitive and they get out there and they want to beat each other, then you could have a great game. I can see that. For me as a sports writer, I I always want context. I always want the motivation, the why, you know.
1: I, I get it. That's that's I, I feel like that's two different things. I feel like you're talking about the story of the game and not just the game. I mean, like I said, you could take uh you know, and there was a there was a few years ago when the Browns, remember before Baker Mayfield got there, when when they were like Oh, and 16 1 and 15 and um didn't they knock somebody off i'm trying to obviously i don't remember the game but uh but like their one win that year it was the, uh they knocked somebody off and and it was a great game and it like came down to the wire and they they put together you know one great game all year um and you know so yeah, you can have a bad team put together a great game, and you can have two bad teams put together a great game.
0: Well, you know, I just think that a recipe for a great game here in Central Texas means that I'm showing up to cover it. <laughs> well. And I don't show up to cover it unless there's at least some context.
1: You know, um, we usually talk about food on here. Maybe we should talk about a little slice of humble
0: pie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's uh, – that's a big lead into where I'm going with this because, you know, Friday night at Waco ISD Stadium, there'll be two different radio crews there. We'll have a reporter there. Um, I'm sure the TV stations will go by and get some obligata- obligatory highlights, if there are any, for the Waco High versus Midway clash. One of those teams is going to walk away with their first win of the year. So yeah I mean neither one of them are going are going to the playoffs. They may both be mathematically eliminated from the playoffs at this point uh although that's probably not true with I our team going I don't playoffs. think
1: it is I know when I talked to Shane Anderson prior to uh this past week's game against Mansfield, he mentioned you know we still have a go chance to go out and win three out of five and make the playoffs, so the fact that they did not win one last week means. They still have a chance to win, I guess, three out of four um, and make the playoffs. So,
0: Mm, um, yeah. Well, uh, we'll let those hypotheticals play themselves out. What I wanted to do just for fun and, you know, because we love both these teams, they're local teams. You know, they've been great in the past at different times and and to some extent at the same time every now and then. So, and the, uh, the FCA game did this a couple of years ago where they, they took a Madden, like sort of, uh, what do you call that? Not a replication, but a, a, vir- a virtual game. Yeah, a virtual game. So let's say we're going to play uh, Waco High Midway with their current rosters, but we each get to pick three players, right? Uh, you pick three Waco High players and I'll pick three Midway players. How, how does that sound?
1: I uh, I like it, uh, and uh, I I feel like all my guys are going to be ninety nine on Madden. Um, you
0: know,
1: <laughs> as you said, both of them have you know some some good football traditions. Some they've had some great teams. Uh, Midway is not even that far removed from a, a state championship berth when you think about it.
0: Right, um, right.
1: You know, these things are cyclical, and I feel like at some point, both will be back. I, I feel like it's maybe a um, steeper climb for Waco High, um, but I also think they may benefit from a probably soon move to Class 5A. So right, uh, right, that, that'll benefit the Lions. I'm picking so, Waco, Waco High, correct?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I don't know if you're vamping, trying as a, as you try to think of three good guys. No, no, no.
1: I've got them written down, and I've even okay. wrote, I even wrote down three midway guys. But uh, yeah, I'll stick with Waco High. Well, we
0: can do each?
1: All right, I'll do that. Uh, I could have gone all Johnson on Waco High. I went two out of three. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna start with Booty Johnson. I'm going <laughs> way back to the Waco High Tigers. Uh, and I believe it was John Booty Johnson, um, one of the stars of those Paul Tyson-led teams that won multiple state titles. Um, he had a uh, like a 330-yard rushing game one night. I mean, you know, he he was legit in that in those days. I mean, it's hard to compare eras. You know, that was long before our time. But um, so Booty Johnson would be one. Just kind of as a nod to the to the old Tigers, uh, Lewis Fight would be um, another one. He was a running back for Johnny Tusa in the late '80s, maybe early '90s. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and when you talk to Coach Tusa about some of the great players he has, whenever he has talked about Lewis Fight, it was in very reverential tones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he was incredible in high school. Had a Had a season where he rushed for 2,300 yards or something Um, Mm -hmm. and uh, went on and had a decent, I think, college career. I want to say maybe like Texas A&I, something like that. And um, I remember John Werner talking about um, he did make a play in college that was like, Essentially the equivalent of the the sports center play of the day or something? Yeah, he,
0: he flipped into the end zone. Flipped he he went up, zone. got clipped on his lower half, you know, did a flip, and I think he landed it in the end yeah. zone. Super. Yeah, I remember day. when he was in high school, he had, you know, created a buzz all around town because he was, he was a little bit, you know, he was uh, probably in high school when I was in middle school, but he's one of those guys that you heard about all over town. Okay, so third guy.
1: Third guy, uh, going back to the Johnson – uh Derek Johnson uh who you know they have a game named after him now obviously he was a beast a defensive beast at Waco High and you got to have at least one defender on there um Johnny Tusa always used to put up many of his best players on defense and that worked out pretty well for them of course DJ had memorably a like 30 31 tackle game uh, there's different reports on that but at least 30 tackles against uh Tyler John Tyler um you know incredible and went on to greatness in the NFL as well
0: yeah well um you took one of my answers uh but I'll tack on a couple more uh Jared Salubi mhm he of the 99 yard run in the state championship game yep and uh, Victor Johnson,
1: Victor Johnson, uh, what he was a DB who yep. uh went, ended up going to Oklahoma State, correct?
0: Right, 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 right.
1: Yeah, he was he was a great, great player. I remember covering him, watching him play. You know, and then another Johnson who we ought to at least just throw in on there. those
0: same teams that played at Baylor. I know, I know what direction you're going.
1: Well, maybe not, because I think you're. Oh. I think you're thinking I was going to say Dwight.
0: Okay, no, okay
1: i was going to say robert robert johnson uh he was a quarterback yeah. in the early 2000s and he uh he was very athletic went on to arkansas you know didn't have the kind of college career i think he wanted but um man he had he played one of the best games i've ever seen in a like triple overtime win over a&m consolidated one night so um he was he was fun to watch in high school.
0: Okay, so I'm gonna pick Midway guys first, since you get to go Waco High guys first, and All then right. you can give your wake up, Then you can give your Midway guys. Uh, I'll go chronologically, and I'm gonna start with a guy who was a senior when I was a freshman, named David Maxwell. Okay, who was the 4A defensive player of the year uh, in 1995, and also little known fact. A key, mem- uh, key member of the first Baptist Woodway <laughs> City Championship basketball team that I also played on.
1: So he has a special place in your heart.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He went on to play at Texas A&M. Uh, he was a linebacker in high school, and he played D-line in college. Uh, my second guy, chronologically, is John Hubert, who so. went on to Kansas State, but, you know, uh, helped, helped them make a great run under Kent, Kent Bachtel and, uh, had a couple of, I mean, he was a dynamic guy. He was, you know, you get in the open and look out, he was gone, right? Right. And, of course, guy number three, you can't leave out, if, the way his season is going, you can't leave out Tanner Mordecai.
1: So, uh, the last two you mentioned I had on my list, Hubert and Mordecai, I went all 21st century on my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, mm-hmm. think, I think Midway's better runs seemingly have been, since the turn of the century, they did what make the state semifinals in 99.
0: Uh, I believe, um, maybe 99 and 97. Okay. Oddly enough.
1: Yeah. I mean, so 98,
0: 98, 97. That's right. Yeah. Okay.
1: It's not like they haven't had some great teams, but, but yes, I did have Mordecai and Hubert on my list as well. The other one I Mm -hmm. I would throw in there. I want to say he ended up being a, uh, Four or five star recruit was Ahmad Dixon, um, mm-hmm. who was incredible at uh, at Midway had a had a great career there and uh, went on to a pretty good career for Baylor. Uh, you know, hard hitting. You know, just seemed like a nose for the ball kind of guy on defense. Um, and then one, I think we've got to mention, even though I didn't have him on my list, but. Um, I'm not sure he was the only Midway guy on our all-time Super syntax team, but I do remember him being on the all-time Super syntax
0: team. And do you know who I'm talking about? That was the 50th anniversary team you're talking mm-hmm. about? Yeah. Uh, well, now, now, so you put me on the spot. And hey, I'll just uh, put it
1: like this. Every team needs a guy who can flip the
0: field, right? Oh, a puncher. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking. I can't. I can't call Andy his name.
1: Hawkins, Andy Hawkins.
0: Oh, okay, that wasn't who I was thinking of. Yeah, uh,
1: that would have been like maybe the late '70s or or mm-hmm. early '80s. Uh, obviously, Andy Hawkins was a great uh, multi-sport athlete because he went on to become pretty pretty good baseball pitcher. Uh, mm-hmm. Major leagues had a no hitter. Um, and you know has been a pitching coach, you know, for a long time and stuff was with was with the Rangers for a while, but uh, yeah, he apparently was an incredible punter back in his day, and I think had scholarships that he could have taken, but uh, but chose the baseball route.
0: Well, I tell you, I'm gonna go ahead and make all of Central Texas mad right now and just be that Midway guy. But nobody in Central Texas can beat Midway's all time pitching staff. Oh. That's a fair statement. That's a fair. Because you got statement. you got Andy Hawkins, you got Brian Barkley, got Casey Fossum, and Zach Duke, all four of which pitched in the majors.
1: Yeah, and and even just mentioning those guys, you're you're still leaving off some pretty good midway pitchers. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. obviously, yeah, they've they've produced some some great baseball talent for uh, no question. Uh,
0: another another guy uh coach Lane's son was it Brian, was it Brian Lane did he pitch in the majors anyway I don't know. Th- that's no. the thing about an improvisational podcast is sometimes you you back yourself into a corner and something you <laughs> and everybody in town realizes you can't remember everything all the time you know <laughs> all right let's shift gears uh, last season you know it, when we're coming up on a week where there's not a whole lot that looks looks like oh wow can't wait for this game type of thing you know and this though that kind of stuff ebbs and flows like everything else in life uh but you know maybe there's some teams playing out this out, playing out there this week that we don't have them you know written down as three or four rounds in the playoffs but I tell you China Spring last year about this time last year lost at Salado in a, in a good game they lost against Conley in a good game but they go into the playoffs with a couple of district losses i think third or you know i think they're, they were the third place team and they got to play jasper in the first round and it you know that they, they got the look, look like they got the short end of the stick on that one and then they go to the regional final you know and play carthage just about as good a game as anybody played them in the playoffs last year so what i want to know is who is this year's china spring a team that's Maybe had their uh, bumps so far this year, but but might make the run when it really counts. <clears throat> to me, uh,
1: the team that comes to mind is is La Vega. Um, obviously, the Pirates are coming off, I would say, maybe a humbling um, loss to Stephenville. Uh, they they had a loss to Argyle earlier this year, um, but you're talking about you know the number one and number three ranked teams in the Mm -hmm. state um, Mm -hmm. they could still suffer potentially another loss i mean they go they go to brownwood this week they but i think in two weeks is when they get midlothian heritage another Mm -hmm. uh state ranked uh, you know team that they'll face that said you know if lavega goes in the playoffs with uh you know a couple of district losses who's to say they couldn't you know, put it all together. I feel like they're one of those teams that is capable on, on when they put it all together of beating just about anyone in the state. Um, right. You know, and then against an overmatched opponent, they're they're probably going to wallop them. Um, so, you know, it it would probably come down to matchups and. And everything, but you know, China Spring went out last year, and I feel like they built confidence knowing they were coming out of a a tough district. You know, Mm -hmm. they they were battle tested, and La Vega will will come out of this district, whatever their record is, knowing that hey, we can play with these teams, you know, we just have to play well. Um, is this a vintage? La Vega team that we've seen maybe in, in recent years, probably not. Uh, you know, I think um, obviously uh, they had some, some pretty good guys in some of these other teams, you know, including a quarterback, um, you know, had Willie's son there for a while and, and he did a great job. And, um, you know, I'm not sure this La Vega team has all that, that many weapons that, that, uh, you know, some of these state, Teams that La Vega had, you know, but but that's that's my answer. I mean, I feel like they could they could go in with two or three losses and still make a run.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, my answer is kind of similar to that. The Cameron Yo, yeoman, uh, you know, just kind of the, the exact same mold, one of the state powers. you uh, got Rick Rhodes back there as their head coach again. And they lost their first four games against good competition. And they just rocked through the first two weeks of district. And then they had a setback last week against Academy. And Academy is a little bit out of our area. I think at one time we considered them an area team and and we don't sell papers there anymore. Don't sell as many papers, but they're going to be an interesting one to watch in the playoffs because they've won some like legit games uh, so far this year. They beat Cameron last week, but Cameron, you know, if they're a third place team out of, out of, that district with with Lorena and Academy, I don't want to be somebody playing them. No, I don't want to be a second place team playing them. You know, right?
1: Yeah, to me, this is where a a tough district pays off um, mm-hmm. because you know back in back in the day when maybe one or two teams got into the playoffs. Then, you know, being in a tough district was not always your friend because if you finish third, you're not going anywhere except basketball season. Right. But, uh, but nowadays, getting in as the third or fourth place team out of a, a really rugged district, um, you know, it, all it does is is mean that, um, you know, you've seen tough competition, so you're not going to be phased mm-hmm. by, you know, what you might see in the playoffs. doesn't mean you're going to, you know, go all the way to state but but we have seen teams in the UIL playoffs before that have, you know, four even five losses that make deep runs, you know, into into
0: December. It's true. It's true. It's uh it's rare but it happens. It does. Uh okay, so I mentioned China Spring. Uh their their run last year. This week I'm going to cover China Spring at Gatesville, which we all know what that means when you're going to a game at gatesville um for the uh, uninitiated out there the gatesville folks really roll out the red carpet when it comes to the press box food i don't know if they do it for the media or they just do it for their own enjoyment (laughs) but they'll have you know uh sometimes you know sometimes you'll go to a place and they'll have fried chicken in the press box they'll have pizza and it's like okay thank you i appreciate that or a sandwich
1: you see barbecue
0: Yeah. yeah Last year I went to a game, I covered the Mountain Vernon West game up in Rockwall and they had babe's chicken lead boxes. That was good stuff. Yes. But it ain't nothing like Gatesville no. where you got barbecue and you got pizza and you got fried chicken and you got kolaches, and you got hoagies and you you know, probably got some sort of chips and dip. And then that's just that's just the main course. Then they got dessert, you know, homemade desserts and, and you know, chocolate cake and brownies and cookies, and, uh, and then, and then as if that's not enough, they'll come up, sometimes they'll come up in the middle of the first quarter with hot donuts.
1: Hot donuts, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Not just donuts, but they're like mm-hmm. heated. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you got to save room for the hot donuts. Uh, yeah, I
0: uh, It's incredible. I've been on a real good r- nutrition routine for the past three or four months. And, they go, and, and I'm going to Las Vegas this weekend So I'm starting the weekend off in Gatesville, then going to a wedding reception on Saturday night and then Las Vegas. I may just gain it all back. You know, I lost 12 pounds in the last four months, and I may just gain it all back in four days.
1: You've been prepping for this weekend. That's what you've been doing. (laughs) It was all for this weekend.
0: Go crazy. (laughs) Go crazy. Uh, Um, But that leads me to the – there's actually a question here. What is your perfect pre-game meal? I mean, other than Gatesville, is that the answer? <laughs> um, well, I, I mean, like, I don't know, in, like in the Harry Potter books, right? Sometimes when they sit down at a banquet, they just think of what they want to eat and it appears on their plate. So let's say, you know, you're at that Harry Potter Hogwarts press box and whatever you want just appears there. What 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 are you having? I think it's,
1: it's hard to to top really good barbecue. Um, uh, there's just something about, you know, smoked meat that goes well with watching <laughs> some pigskin, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: if you have really good barbecue, I think that that is a a good way to go. Um, but, I mean, I just can't really get past Gatesville. I mean, just the the selection that you have, as you said, it's – Uh, it's not even just the, um, it's the variety of options for one. And the fact that you do have dessert as well. Um, and I would even go as far to say the hospitality of the people. Um, you mentioned, you know, maybe it's kind of for them too. I think it is, but at the same time, you will not really find a much warmer, more hospitable press box climate. And, um, I know many a sports writer has talked about, you know, after deadline, you know, they, they're fine with just letting you sit up there and work and Hey, you know, just take all the time you need da, 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 da. uh, that we don't find that environment everywhere. <laughs> Let's just mm-hmm. be, be honest. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's a good one. Leo Buckley stadium, which is another one, uh, down in Colleen, usually has a pretty good spread as I recall. Another one with a, a variety of options, including maybe a couple of different kinds of pizza. One thing I love mm-hmm. that they do at, at Gatesville is uh, this is how they get all that food is they get on there on the PA and they uh, start thanking every sponsor that provided all this
0: food mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know,
1: give them a little special shout out. And uh, that keeps the food flowing.
0: Yep. Yep. Uh, incidentally, mine would be Chicago style pizza.
1: Hard to beat. I am a big, big Chicago-style pizza fan. I'm just not sure, you know, when we're at a football game like that, we are working, and that's pretty heavy. You know, that's pretty heavy stuff.
0: Yeah, whereas uh, whereas barbecue is just, you know, <laughs> light and crisp. <laughs> it's like a salad. <laughs> <laughs> It probably is to you and Werner. I've never seen guys that can put away calories like the two of you.
1: Yeah, well, it
0: shows. (laughs) All right. Well, that's another week of high school football podcast. Next week, we're going to be wall to wall games because we got some games next week. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. All right. Yep. Cool. See ya. See ya.